You're listening to The Trainumentary. On this episode, we visit with musician Charles Tolliver. Jacksonville, Florida, where I was born, to Harlem on 137th Street and 8th Avenue. We had a little place there. We lived upstairs, and and uh, my mom's uh, brother lived on the ground floor. So a lot of my time was spent at his record player, and he had a record called Round Midnight. It had just come out in 1955 by Miles Davis, and that changed everything for me. I first heard John Coltrane on that record and knew immediately Miles had selected someone who was monumental. Giant Steps was his, you know, I mean, his, he had already done you know, a number of other idiom-changing things. And when I went off to college uh, and was away from uh, New York for a few years, and then came back in 1963 and started out with Jackie McLean, the record which Train had, that I think it was Live at the Village Vanguard, where he, he, he plays this uh, Chasing the Train, that signal uh, you know, a total move away from just playing chord changes. Love Supreme. I remember when it first came out, you know, I told everybody that, you know, this here's another complete, you know, another avenue to explore. And being a trumpet player is to attach on to that and, and try to, you know, find a way to utilize that is not easy. <laughs> and there was only a couple of guys doing, you know, really attempting that. You know, of course the great Freddie Hubbard had his own line and and Woody Shaw had his own line, and I had, you know, the way that I was trying to interpret it. But uh, what was significant for me about Train in that period was his first wife, Naima, who was like a a guru mother to all of us. You know, if you were down or you weren't feeling good about what was going on, she had a way of talking to you, you know, that soothed you and kind of made things a, a little easier. And she was that way with me. And I was living in a love between 1963 and 65 on the Lower East Side down on Allen Street, which incidentally across the street was also living James Earl Jones 
in his early days. So we used to see him come out to go to to go to Central Park to uh, perform Othello or something. But it was a loft in which guys could come and play as we were going to play at other lofts. And uh, sometimes Naima, uh, when Train was in town, she would bring him there. And uh, he was a very quiet man. He, he would come and sit and observe. And he sometimes would come to slugs and just sit and observe. No one even knew it was him, you know. And I had an opportunity to be on um, a performance with him that uh, Amir Baraka, who was at the time known as Leroy Jones, um, along with Bob Thiel, they, created, they had this concert uh, at the Village Gate and uh, he asked me to you know, have my group there and that was recorded and issued on um, you know, Impulse and uh, so I, I've had a close uh, rubbing of shoulders with, with Train. Actually as a teenager I saw him at the original Five Spot I sort of snuck in me and, a, me and another musician and to see him play, performing with uh, Thelonious Monk you know? <laughs> so I, I can remember that and uh, and also seeing him many, many times as he would be for a month sometimes at the original half spot. That was the last time I was able, I, I saw a train, which was at the half, the original half, you know, before uh, the, the group uh, changed and, and he married uh, Alice McLeod, who was to become Alice Coltrane. I think that young musicians and new fans of the music should uh, listen to John Coltrane and try and absorb everything. And don't start at the last period of John Coltrane. Start at, if they can get a hold of the recordings, which a lot of them now are on CD, uh, of him with Earl Bostic uh, or, or with um, uh, the, the Dizzy Gillespie band or... Uh, his early recordings with Miles Davis starting right straight on through. For me, he was the culmination starting with uh, Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie. A thorough understanding of him will give the listener or the fan or the musician uh, a thorough understanding of the history of modern jazz. He exhausted all of the possibilities of improvisation with straight ahead modern jazz and then he helped us to leap over uh, the, 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 the log jam of harmony beautiful as it is with the help of McCoy Tyner Elvin Jones and Jimmy Garrison to endless possibilities uh, uh, with improvisation even before total rhythmical freedom uh, in jazz where there isn't a straight um, uh, feeling of rhythm and for me that is so very very important in being able to understand and enjoy you know this music as one would with classical music where you you go back and you uh, go through all the initial composers 
and all the great composers as it moved on into you know the modern era in which we live. You cannot become a good jazz musician unless you absorb someone of his uh, uh, wealth of uh, material and legacy that he's left us. For more information on the program, visit trainumentary.blogspot.com.